What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. It's episode 53, and I have promptly entitled it Raptors Gonna Raptor. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. Just just excited uh, to get your take on what's going on in Toronto. Um Oh, Let, let's jump into it, man. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers won game one against the Raptors, uh, despite never having led in regulation. Uh, it, was, it was a remarkable game. Uh, you know, LeBron, uh, of course, you know, carried the team and, and had a, at least a couple other contributors uh, in J.R. Smith and Corver, and then they just, they just wiped the court with them in game two. Like, it was... It was never, never really in contention for the Raptors. Um, but uh, like I said, I got I got to hear your thoughts on this before I go into mine because uh, um, I'm I'm very intrigued. So, what are your thoughts on? However, you want to break it down. If you want to go game one, game two, or if you just want to look at the picture as a whole. Um, I just look at it as a whole. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just I don't know how many more times I had to tell. Like, not you guys, because you guys understand, but just the world. Like, it will never be the Raptors' year as long as LeBron is in the East. I wouldn't even say, like, point. Just as long as he's in the East, for some reason, DeMar DeRozan, who played actually pretty well, I believe, in game one. Uh, I didn't watch all of the game two because I was at work, so I'm not sure how, how well he played. But I do know certain somebody who was, exactly who I thought he was going to be, and that's just <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Um, it's, it's, it's just one of those things to where it's, when I try to tell you guys my beef is with Kyle Lowry, not the Raptors. I think the Raptors are great. I think the organization's great. Uh, I'm a huge Drake fan, so I love him being the ambassador. Um, you know I was a huge fan of the coach this year. He was uh, a guy that I threw out there for, for coach of the year. Yeah. Um, and I love I love DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I have no issues with DeMar DeRozan whatsoever. I didn't even think he shrinks in, in the light. I'd even say he rises to the occasion a lot better than Paul George has. Um, so I have no issues hmm. with DeMar DeRozan. My issue is Kyle Lowry, a guy who for some reason, again, uh, always makes the all-star team, I feel like, and I get it, I get it. it it's a voting thing, but it's just one of those things where it's like an all-star has to show up year-round, not just like leading up to the all-star game, but after and then especially in the playoffs. And he just never can. He has those games to where he may drop 26 in like game one and then like five in game two. And then game three he'll drop 10. Like he's just never consistent. Um, and I've always had an issue with that. But <clears> – <throat> To get to LeBron, man, is he really looking like an MVP out here. Man, LeBron willed them to that game one victory uh, that no yeah. one thought they were going to pull out. Um, and then he just was the catalyst for the blowout in game two. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things to where it's like, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Toronto got one in Cleveland uh, just because that team is very inconsistent. Uh, and I can't expect LeBron to drop 45 every game uh, right. for them to win it. Like, someone has to do something to, to help him. So, I won't disrespect Toronto and say they can't get a game, but this will be as close to uh, a sweep as as uh, 
any of these series look like they'll be. Because I'm looking at uh, Pelicans and Warriors. Pelicans look like they could possibly get two in this series. I do not see a situation where Toronto gets two, um, unless LeBron just completely flames out. Um, but, yeah, just, just to <clears throat> excuse me, wrap it up, DeMar DeRozan, in order for them to win this series, is going to have to do exactly what LeBron's doing, like exactly. Everything that LeBron's doing, that's what DeMar DeRozan's going to have to do, not only to keep that team in a game, but to even make them close to, uh, to you know, beating out Cleveland in, in this series. Uh, but, again, I just want to say the way LeBron's been playing – I'm glad that uh, I stuck with him as my MVP, unlike uh, me leaving Donovan Mitchell, like I should have stuck with. Um, <laughs> right. It's just, it's just really good to uh, to see LeBron showing every reason why I thought he should have been or still should be the MVP of this year. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely, uh, you know, pointing out his case and, and that's, uh, that's, you know, undeniable, because um, he's been phenomenal throughout these playoffs. I, I will push back a little bit on Kyle Lowry um, because he he's actually played relatively well. Um, you're you're not going to get big big scoring games out of him. It's just not like who he is. But at least anymore, and not with the way that they run their offense. But he's shooting the ball well. He shuts. 6 of 12 in the first game. He had 18 points. Uh, he had 10 assists, uh, 3 rebounds. And, you know, he, he's at least active on the defensive end. Um, you know, he didn't do much uh, in the way of stacks, but he is active. Uh, and then in, in uh, last night's game, he shot 70% from the field. He shot 7 of 10, had 21 points, um, had uh, 8 assists and 4 rebounds. Um, and he's been pretty much their main consistent three-point shooter for the series. Uh, DeRozan hasn't hit a three yet in this in this series. He is 0 for nine. So, like, I'm not, and I'm not even saying like DeRozan has played bad because he shot 10 of 20 in in game one, and then came back in game two and shot 11 of 23. So that's like by no means bad. Um, but I mean, I just think I think Lowry's been playing okay. I think DeRozan's been playing okay. Um, it, it, it really just boils down to they can't stop LeBron. They just they don't have what it takes to stop LeBron James, and they never will. You're right. Like, this, this year, if any year, was going to be their year. And when Joel and I broke down this series on Monday, Joel was like, I think they're going to get him this year. Like, it's, it's hard to bet against LeBron James, but I think they'll get him in, like, seven. And I was like, nah, dude. Cavs in six, um, and I, I, I'm looking like I might have been a little generous. Um, like <laughs> the, the the way he played last night, man, like it reminded me of 07 LeBron. Like just the the sure will uh, to just take over a ball game, and when he's hitting that little turn turnaround fadeaway jumper, uh, I mean, there's just nothing you can do. You cannot stop it. Um, and, you know, that really boils down to the problem in this series for Toronto. Uh, I think once Cleveland snuck in and got the, got the W in game one, it was like this, this 
feeling of anxiety and and here we go again kind of set in and then they just they just destroyed them in game two um but like I said earlier, Corver and Smith stepped up in game one. Corver got 19. Smith had 20. Uh, Thompson has played well in this series pretty much since, you know, pretty much since game seven in Indiana. He's been consistently playing well. So, you know, that's three games in a row that you've got from him. Uh, and then, you know, in this most recent game, Kevin Love, like we had a, we had a Kevin Love sighting. He, he shot 11 of 21. Uh, he's only two of six from three, but he was seven of seven from the stripe. He had 11 rebounds uh, at 31 points. Uh, so he was like, you know, the big contributor uh, in, in that sense. And, you know, they're just, they're just playing very, very uh, – well, put it this way. LeBron is playing out of his mind. And if he can get one or two guys to step up in a given night, I mean – Pretty much last night it was Kevin Love with a big, with huge 31, and then he also got 15 out of Smith and 13 out of Hill, and then 14 out of Jeff Green, who also had 16 points in, in Game One. Um, so I think what this really boils down to is, and I, and I don't know if it's just, it, it's really hard to tell, um, like even watching these games because, like I don't, I don't think Indiana is um, necessarily better defensively than Toronto. Um, but at at the very least, I, like I it could just be that everybody was cold all at one time and it just it just created havoc and LeBron couldn't get more than one person to help him in a in a given game and it just it, it just made it very difficult. Um but I do think that I, I do think that Indiana is is Maybe not better as a team defensively, but they're better individually. Um, like Victor Oladipo is better defensively than any guard that uh, they have. Uh, you know, Miles Turner is, is so versatile in who he can guard because he's got the foot speed to be able to keep up with a four, but, you know, could also play the five. And actually, when they switched to Tristan Thompson in game seven, that's kind of what seemed to give him more problems. And it just took Ty Lue a little little longer than it should to, you know, make that adjustment. Um, and then Thaddeus Young, very versatile player. Uh, he did a really solid job um, on Kevin Love. And then Collison is, you know, just, just solid. Like, he's not great, but he's just he, – he's solid. Um, so, I mean, it pretty much left it to where LeBron had to do everything because all of his guys were taken out of the picture, whereas this – this kind of seems like, you know, DeRozan is not a bad defender, but he's, he's you know, just okay. I think Lowry gets a lot of credit for being a good defender because he has been in the past, but I don't really see that same, you know, that same defensive tenacity that he had in his in his more youthful years. Um, I feel like he and George Hill are kind of similar. Like, George Hill still gets talked about as, like, a solid defensive player, and he's not really – um, like he's not bad. He's just not, you know, he's not great. Um, and then, you know, Serge Ibaka used to be like one of the league's best defenders. And man, since he like a couple years before he got traded out of Oklahoma city, he just lost his step, man. He just, he doesn't jump, uh, like he used to. And so he doesn't get those blocks, uh, you know, and, and Valanciunas is not bad, but he's, he's 
certainly not versatile. Um, and, and having him having to match up on on Kevin Love is is obviously working in in or at least in game two worked in their favor. So I feel like I feel like I'm almost vindicated from last Thursday when I said I didn't care about the Raptors Washington series, the Wizards series, because I really don't feel like there's that much disparity between the teams. Like I feel like Washington be like in right there in the same boat right like they might have even stolen one of these games you know like I mean if you look at if you look at Toronto's bench yeah they have a great bench but like having a great bench ain't gonna win you a playoff series it's just not how the playoffs work never in the history of the playoffs has it come down to well we 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 had a great bench so no it's the stars it's the it's your starters that are gonna win your win you a series now your bench might win you a game but they're not going to win you a series. Uh, and, I mean, I just think Washington's starters are better than uh, than Toronto's. Um, they weren't good enough to beat Toronto, but, I, I mean, I think they would – I don't think there would be much of a difference in, in the series of Cleveland versus Washington and uh, Cleveland versus Toronto. So, I don't want to take away – like I said, I don't want to take away anything that, that the Cavs are doing, but I just don't think Toronto's that good. <laughs> like, I kind of came to that realization, like, recently. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been kind of following them this year, and then when I watched, you know, a couple couple games here and there, um, especially coming down the stretch, they weren't hot, not like they were earlier in the season. I just don't think they're that good, man. I – I I think they're they're good. It's just again. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. They're good. I just don't think like. Do you think they're a far better team than the Washington Wizards? A far better team? No. I I told you I right. I I had to fight myself to say that Washington would lose that series because I mm-hmm. just felt like John Wall and Bradley Beal is more than enough to beat Toronto. Um, yep. I think Toronto's biggest issue is their two head guys, um, they play well. But, again, I always say this um, when when we talk about guys that play well in the game. To me, it's when you get it. I told you another knock I had on Kyle Lowry was, like, if he does finish a game with 21, he got most of that in the first half. And yeah, then he struggles. Right. He struggles late in the game. Well, he just didn't um, shoot. He doesn't, like, here's the thing. Or just doesn't shoot, right. Right, like Kyle Lowry cannot take over a game anymore. He used to be able to. He ain't doing that anymore, which means DeRozan is the only person who can take over a game. And I just, I don't think, I think DeRozan's like right in between that level of all-star and superstar. He's not quite, like he's better than your average all-star, but he's not quite in in that superstar realm. Um, So it's it's just tricky when you're having to rely on, on, you know, a guy who's like a fringe superstar and, you know, that's the only superstar you got, you know, you got, and then you got somebody like Kyle Lowry, who's, you know, I mean, I think I I would consider him a, a bottom tier all-star. I mean, I think you would probably say that he's, you know, on the outside looking in on who you would pick, especially if we could, if we could pull as much talent from the West that we wanted and, and construct the 24 best players, like, He's probably mm-hmm. on the outside of those 24 best players in the league now. Um, so, yeah, I just – I don't think I – ha- I mean, I hate to say it. I just don't – I don't think they're that good. They're good. They're just – And like, 
people were acting like, oh, like, it took LeBron seven games to beat Indiana. Like, Indiana is really good. <laughs> like, people forget that. Like, they just, they're not well, used to it. Also, also, we have to give uh, credit to the idea of Indiana not only could have ended that series um, and, and shocked the world by beating LeBron, uh, yeah. LeBron had a struggle with, like, these first two games in Toronto, it seemed like he had teammates. The entire series yeah. against uh, Pacers, it seemed like he was just playing by himself. Um, and you have to get a lot I of credit. credit I Nate credit Indy's defense on that one, though. Yeah, like I, I said, say, I think there's credit to um, yeah to uh, Nate McMillan because uh, he did an amazing job coaching that team and the defense yeah, that that team. Was, it wouldn't was, go that far. I, w- I no, wouldn't say I, he I'm, did an amazing job. He made a he made a Nick, couple really bad coaching snafus in that Nick, series, and it, it that, probably cost them. That team almost beat Cleveland in the first round. I yeah, and I'm just saying I credit the players. I don't, I don't like I. There was, like I said, there was just a couple, couple coaching decisions that I just did not agree with that I think potentially cost them that series. Um, but well, you know, I mean, I, we can go to that. We can go to that one game where Oladipo could have tied it and missed a wide open shot. That's not coaching. That's that's, that's Oladipo. That's so true, but when, when it comes 50, down 50, to when it comes down 50. to game seven and it takes you and LeBron's dominating like he is. And it takes you a full half of play before you're like, maybe I should double team LeBron. Uh, and, yeah, that's true. You know, they start Tristan Thompson, and you know, you're Tristan Thompson just gobbling up rebounds on Miles Turner, and you're like, and you don't say, hey, maybe in the second half, let me start Sabonis on Tristan Thompson because at least he's bigger, stronger, and can put a body on him. There's um, just decisions like that, man. I. I like I don't think he did a bad job over the course of the whole series, but that game seven, some of those decisions in game seven were just, I don't know, I just didn't think they were very good. But fair enough. I would say this: I would say in game seven, Ty Lue outcoached Nate McMillan, and you don't ever want to be outcoached by Ty Lue. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. That's a really good um, point. That's a really good point. But. But like back to the topic at hand, um, I don't I don't think there's any amount of coaching. I, I just don't think they have they they don't have the pieces. They've never had the pieces, and like you said, it'll never be their year. Um, now, of course, you know we could be saying all this, and they could win four in a row, and and just us be like dumbfounded. Um, I see this. I still see them getting a couple. I think, like you said, they win one of these games in Cleveland. They probably win game five, and then. You know they they lose game six in Cleveland, um, but I wouldn't be this. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's at this point if it's sweep even. You know, I'll say this: if you're Cleveland, what you don't want is for this series to go six seven games, um, because I do feel like the likelihood of this Cleveland team maintaining their high uh, their high play, like you know them playing at at a high level as a team, not just LeBron having to drop 45, uh, is very unlikely based on how they've played the second half of this season and in the entire first series. So if you're Toronto, you want it to go six, seven games because that's how uh, you could possibly um, shock them by knocking them out. Yeah. I mean that's that's certainly a fair point. I I just think it's probably going to go six. I I mean I, I feel like you definitely don't want it to go seven. Um, 
but I feel like if you are in a closeout game, game six, you're at home, um, I just don't feel like LeBron loses that game. Uh, I just I, I don't I just don't see it happening. But yeah, I mean, you never know. You're right. I mean, if they give up a couple games and then have to have to you know basically um, kind of you know win two, they got two games to close out the series. Like you never know what can happen. Um, but I think I think I I just don't see Toronto ha- having what it takes to beat them. And you know what? Like I, I got my hopes up after watching Indy. Um, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> like I had already decided <laughs> I wasn't even trying to get emotionally invested in this series. Like literally when I was watching game one and just this, this comeback comeback was unfolding before me. Um, I just, I was just laughing, like not like uncontrollable laughter, or, you know, maniacal, but just like, yep, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> so, yep. um, yeah. Like, As I, I saw, mean, what, I what, what like, I'm going to, as I saw, I was like, I'm going to just try not to rub this in the guy's face. Like, I, I, I knew Toronto was going to be Toronto. Um, you know, especially with Drake talking all that mess, fighting Kendrick Perkins yep. or trying to. Yeah, it's, it, it, no, they they, they, they can't. <laughs> they yeah. can't. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like this one is, is pretty much done. Luke's already calling it a sweep. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, I think they, <laughs> no, I think I they get at least one. Um, and then, and, and like I said, I still think they'll get two. But, um, but nevertheless, like it's uh, it's same old, same old. Uh, but let's move on to our other Eastern Conference matchup, which is also a two games uh, to none lead. Uh, Celtics won Game One against the Sixers very handedly. Uh, and won a highly contested game two in order to, to take commanding lead of the series. Um, game one, I wasn't shocked. Like I even said uh, earlier, you know, to Joel, I was like, I could see, I could see the Celtics winning game one just because you know they have the they have the momentum. They just beat beat Milwaukee. They're at home. They play really well at home. Um, and you know maybe maybe Philly comes out a little flat, and of course you know you got the the Brad Stevens advantage. Um, so <laughs> you know I, I I kind of I, I wasn't shocked. Um, I I didn't I didn't expect it to be like out of reach for the majority of the game like it was. Um, but you know I I I pretty much was prepared for for them to win that game. Um, so you know that is what it is. Uh, you know what? I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, Al Horford, he had a terrific game. Uh, so did Tatum. So did uh, our our new uh, favorite NBA point guard, Scary Terry Rozier. Uh, hmm. And they had 29, 28, and 26 respectively. Um, so when you when you give up that, you're you know chances are you're gonna you're probably gonna lose the game. Now, game two. On the other hand, I got some mad problems with game two. First things first, let's just get these two out of the way because these aren't my two biggest gripes. But Philly missed way too many fucking baskets right at the rim. Um, I don't have a shot chart pulled up in front of me, but it was egregious. Uh, Embiid was missing shots right at the rim. Um, uh, uh, Ben Simmons missed shots all night, and he never shoots anything. That's uh, Granted, he only took four shots, um, but they were all at the rim, and he missed every single one of them. Um, and, you know, essentially they were just relying on 
J.J. Redick to just like carry him, and 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 Robert Covington. Robert Covington had a had a very solid uh, effort, um, but it it was just weird. And Sarge was missing shots too. They just they shot the ball very poorly, and that's one thing. Like it would be one thing if you know Redick had an off night and he shot four of thirteen, uh, you know. But Dario Sarge, like you're you're. Your a lot of your shots are inside. Some of them are outside, um, but a lot of your shots aren't. And like you and Simmons and Embiid can't miss can't miss that many shots right at the rim. Uh, number two, I think this is probably the worst officiated game of the playoffs thus far that I've watched. Um, like you expect you you know you're, you're you would always expect that the home team is gonna the calls are gonna go slightly in their favor. Maybe you know the spread being like three or four calls. I feel like it was like eight or nine. Um, now, granted, maybe it's just my bias, you know, uh, getting the better of me. But, I mean, I'm I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing uh, things like that. Like, you know, I obviously wanted the Pacers to win that series. And, you know, I, I, I went on the record twice, like two different times, basically being like, yeah, the Cavs got, you know, the better – they got you know a few a few more calls, but it wasn't egregious. I felt like this was pretty egregious. Um, just calls being made on Philly, uh, like that they, they just weren't either weren't fouls or were real ticky tack. Um, and then also on the other end, uh, like fouls that were committed by Boston, they just weren't called. Um, there was like three or four different drives to the lane where uh, a seventy sixer got hacked and it just wasn't called. Um, so I feel like the spread was a little much, um, even, you know, even for a home game. Um, but let's get into the real reasons that Philly lost this game. One, Ben Simmons played like shit. Uh, he, he had one point the whole game. He had, what, let me see, uh, where was it? He had seven assists. That's respectable. It's not great, but it's respectable. He had five rebounds, which is, eh. Uh, shot one or two from the free throw line, so he only shot, he only, you know, got two attempts. Uh, and he had five turnovers. Like, his plus minus was minus 23. It was the worst on the team. Conversely, when TJ McConnell played in his 17 minutes, he was four of four from the field. He had eight points. He had two steals. He had five assists. Uh, it, and just, like, actually was a spark plug and played well. Um, I, I got to give a, a, a good portion of the credit to Boston's defense um, because they they are just a much more sound defensive team than Miami. However, that being said, like you you can't only you can't play a game where you only get four shots and you're just utterly ineffective to your team when you're as good as Ben Simmons. That's just that's you cannot do that. Um, you know, people have off nights, but like one point, one point, five turnovers, seven assists, like you're not doing your job. And and also, let me say this too. He had seven assists, but a lot of that was just because Reddick was on fire. It's not like he was making great passes. He had one pass that I remember being like, all right, that was a good pass. It was a feed to Sarge inside late in the game. Um, and I was like, oh, a good pass, Benny. Um, but, you know, I mean, other than that, they were just, just – you know, passes any NBA player can make to a guy coming off a screen and, and taking a three-point shot. So, 
yeah, he had seven assists, but a lot of that had to do more with the fact that Reddick was on fire. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I think that was probably the biggest reason, the biggest thing that hurt them in this game. And then one other thing, I don't feel like this game was coached very well, which is interesting because I've heard people praising uh, praising uh, Brett Brown for keeping T.J. McConnell in the game, which I guess like that makes sense. Like, but I mean, I feel like that one was just obvious. Uh, I don't know how you go from a 21-point lead to a four-point lead at the half without calling a timeout at any point in that run. Then you start the second half with a four-point lead, and you're down by six before you call a timeout. So essentially, if we're taking halftime out of the picture, he let 31-point lead, or he let 31 points go in favor of the other team before he called the timeout. Like, that is just, that is atrocious. You've got to be able to call timeout. I like, I get you, sometimes you want to see your guys play through it, and I was even cool with it up until about 13 points. When it, when that 21-point lead got down to 13, I was like, all right, call timeout, like, get your guys collected, get a play call, get an easy bucket, and he just never did. And I was just, I was kind of baffled um, by that. And I will also say this real quick before I pass it to you. Um, he had to take T.J. McConnell out. Like, he had basically run McConnell for almost, like, 12 straight minutes because he played the end of the third all the way into, like, five, the five-minute mark in the fourth. Um, but just because you're taking T.J. McConnell out doesn't mean you have to put a guy in who's just not done anything for you all night. Let Bellinelli run the point. I know Bellinelli can run the point because I saw him do it in Atlanta. Uh, he's actually really good at it, and like he's he's playing better. You still got you got him. If you put him out there, let him you know move the ball around. You got Reddick out there, uh, who's, who's had, had the hot hand all night, and then you can put Sarich and and Covington, who also had a had a solid night. Now you've got four people around Joel Embiid who can all space the floor, and you can just you know get open shots, uh, like. I don't, I don't know how you don't make that connection as an NBA coach. Like, I, and part of it, I wonder if it's like you don't want to hurt hurt one of your star players' egos. But like, star player or not, he's still a rookie. Like, you know, he 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 needs to take his bumps and bruises. But you know, you can't be, you got to be worried about winning and not going down 0-2 more than you're worried about. You know, am, am I going to hurt my players' feelings? Because uh, we saw what happened when uh, uh, Billy Donovan was more worried about hurting Carmelo's feelings than he was about winning basketball games. Uh, it doesn't end well. So, yeah, those are my two biggest complaints. Ben Simmons and the, the Brett Brown's coaching uh, pretty much throughout the game, especially, you know, letting that lead evaporate the way he did. But then also, like, not – not putting the, your best five guys, you know, out on the court for that game, like, uh, in, in, you know, essentially going with a lineup that can that can really space the floor out and offer a lot of traffic for Embiid, and then you know, you know, you 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 work out different schemes, that, you know, in in your day off to try and come back and and get Ben Simmons active, but it was just clear what they had going wasn't working. More of your thoughts? Yeah. No. 
<clears throat> I can definitely see where you're coming from. I, I'm going to say this. You're in Boston. Um, you know, obviously, you're the away team. You're the much younger team. Uh, well, I won't say much younger because Philly, I, I think, definitely has more veterans or older veterans than uh, the Celtics do. They're going Yeah, Reddick and Covington up there and Ilyasova right. and, and, yeah, Bellinelli. And Bellinelli, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to call it like that in Boston. They're just going to call it like that. Um, Philly is learning because uh, they're a young team that hasn't been there before as far as their stars. Um, my hope for Ben is that he's not going through the, the rookie wall um, because this is the worst time to get it. Um, I, I don't believe that's what it is. He just had an off game. Um, but let me just say this, especially for Luke, because I told him I was going to defend the Celtics because you know, you know how much I love those young guys. Um, yeah. It definitely could have been officiated a lot better than it was. It could have. It could have. Um, but I'm one of those guys that it, it happens. It's the NBA. It happens. They don't give calls for certain uh, certain teams. Uh, me being a, a Knicks fan, I know that from experience. We never get called. Um, so it's going to happen. Uh, you just have to play through it. You have to play through it. You have to call Oh, no, it. I agree. Uh, I ultimately agree. Like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say um, their biggest issues were what you were saying, uh, and it's going to come down to coaching. It's always going to come down to coaching, and Sixers, unfortunately, are at a disadvantage. Not to say that Brown isn't good. He's just not Brad Stevens good. Right. Um, so if it comes down to that, you're at a disadvantage. Um, but let me just say this for Luke. Uh, well, to Luke, rather, not for Luke. This series is definitely going seven games. We just saw Boston play a Milwaukee team that they could have easily swept. Easily swept. But they hit points to where they couldn't get shots going. Uh, Milwaukee just had, like, I believe Embiid will have a 40-point game in this series to where he's just like, I'm not going to let us get swept. Um, So by no means will I let this 2-0 start make me think Philly is all of a sudden now not the team that we had been seeing all season. That team will come out in probably this first game back um, tomorrow in Philly. Um, they'll definitely rise and uh, get this game. I believe they'll get their they'll they'll win this first game back. They'll lose the next one, and then they'll get one in Boston. That's what I'm going with. But this this series is definitely not over. Uh, all the Celtics fans that are ready to say, "All right, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Pump your brakes. Uh, don't disrespect that guy and beat." And I believe Ben Simmons will take that last game very personally. Um, and he'll come out and have a triple double next game, like I said, and win that that their first uh, their next home game. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Coaching down the stretch wasn't good, but it's just one of those things, man. When Terry Rozier gets it going, he has become in in the playoffs uh, this year. He's become the catalyst. If you've noticed, when he gets going, Morris yeah. gets hot, uh, Tatum gets hot. When Brown mm-hmm. is, is is on the court, Brown gets hot. He is their catalyst. And when he's playing like last game, so I think he missed uh, – I definitely correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say three – he only missed three threes out of the attempts that he took. Um, the guy was just – he was on fire. Terry Rozier was just on fire. But he is definitely the catalyst. So he look for five. a game 
He missed five. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was, so he was four of nine. Where, like, that's, that's, it, that's, that's really great, impressive yeah. from three-point range, yeah. Um, so look for those games to where you see Terry Rozier struggle because then that's those games that you have to see if Boston can pull themselves out of uh, having their, their, their leader. Uh, and that's what he's been, struggle. That's, that's the biggest thing I, um, I, always, I will encourage everyone to look out for in these next few games. If you see Terry Rozier struggle, that will definitely have an impact on the entire team. And it will be interesting yeah. to see if Brown or Tatum – can uh, pick up the slack and lead them to a victory. But I just – I don't see Philly being down 3-0 come Monday. No, I don't either. And, and like, I, I'm i still sticking – like, I, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, every I, every series is different. And, you know, you can't, you can't let what happened with Milwaukee, you know, essentially determine what you think is going to happen here. Um, but I would be very surprised if they win a game in Philly. So if you can hold home court, you still got two more games that you could you could potentially win in Boston. So I mean I'm not I'm by no means giving up on Philly. Like I, I think Simmons is going to play well, uh at least in game three. I agree with you. Um I think they really have to go to the go to the video and just find out what they can do to like really get him going. And then also, like, you just, you like I said, you cannot miss that many shots in the paint. Um, like, at least when Embiid misses shots in the paint, he's, like, just such a tenacious offensive force. He can just get a rebound and go right back up with it, and it's, it doesn't really hurt you that bad. Um, Simmons, like, he's, he's a good rebounder, but when he misses one in the paint and Al Horford's there, like, Al Horford is probably going to out-rebound uh, ben Simmons, like especially at this point in their respective careers, um, so he can't miss those three foot shots. Like it's imperative; he's got to make those. Because if he can't even make that, then and all you're relying on is dunks. Like you're, you're just not. You're probably not going to get that kind of penetration against Boston. You know, you can get to the you can get to the bucket, but you can't you can't rely on only dunking, uh, which is. It, it, I mean, it's really tricky. Um, but, no, I, I agree. I expect them to win game three. I expect them to win game four. And then, you know, I, I'm done making any sort of predictions in Boston um, because, <laughs> I mean, it, it, they just they play different. Um, so I, I, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see if, if Terry continues his road slump. Because um, if that happens, I think Philly wins pretty easily. Um, but here's the thing. It's not like he had a great game in game two. He had a great game in game one. He had a good game in game two. Um, and there were several guys who had good games in game two. Um, but nobody had a great game. Uh, but the only person on, uh, the Sixers who had a great game was JJ Redick. And, you know, you just – and really, he didn't even have a great game. He he had a really good game. He had 23 points. I think he led all scores. But that's – I mean, that's not – that's not great. That's, that's not like, you know, that's not even a game like what Terry Rozier did on, on uh, in game one. So, they really need Simmons to step up. And B didn't play terribly, but he was – you know, like I said, his 8 of 22 is a little um, – uh, 
it's not as hurtful because he gets so many offensive rebounds. Uh, he had four offensive rebounds. So, like, you know, he gets those offensive rebounds and then puts them back up. I know at least, I think at least three of those were him recovering his own miss. Um, so, like, even though he didn't shoot the ball incredibly well, it wasn't like he still had a reasonably effective game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they just – they have got to figure out a way to, to break through on, you know, the Celtics' defensive schemes uh, because they're they're causing a nightmare for Ben Simmons right now. Um, and, you know, fortunately, they seem to figure out a little bit with getting off shots because it was they were struggling to get off quality looks from three in game one, and they got off a lot of good looks in game two. Uh, so that's a step in the right direction. But Ben Simmons, they got to figure out how to get Ben Simmons involved in this series. And once they do that, like, then, you know, all bets are off. Uh, but anything you want to add before we move on? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to say this. I'm going to call this now. Uh, look for Jason Tatum to have a huge game tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and say Jason Tatum has 28 points tomorrow. Uh, and it's close, but Embiid has one of those huge games uh, that leads that team to uh, to a victory. But I- I'm feeling Jason Tatum. Uh, you know I've been huge on him all year. I say yeah. look out for Jason Tatum to have a very huge game uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he can always go off. Um, I would probably rely on him more than anybody else. I feel like he's been the most consistent. Right out of these playoffs, whether it be a home game or road game, doesn't it doesn't seem to phase him. I, well, the second most consistent. I would say Al Horford's probably been the most consistent. But, um, He's definitely been the most consistent. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but, but Tatum has been the most consistent out of their younger guys, whether, you know, whether it be home or whether it be away. That doesn't really seem to play into how he plays, whereas it's right. very clear to see with Terry – Terry Rozier and, and Jalen Brown, it does seem to matter a little bit more whether they're um, home or away, especially Terry Rozier. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I, I obviously want Philadelphia to win the series, but, uh, you know, even more than that, like, uh, I, I want it to be interesting. So I'm hoping they get the next two and then we can go back to Boston all tied up and, and have us an interesting series. Um, but let's move on. Uh now that, you know, I've, I've sat and, and talked all this trash about, you know, my, my pick for Rookie of the Year, uh, let me talk about mm-hmm. a guy uh, that I snubbed for Rookie of the Year and I se- seemingly convinced everybody uh, except Joel, who just copped, copped out and wouldn't wouldn't pick one or the other. Uh, but it's, it's like I, just, I seem to sway everybody at the end of the season, or I guess I shouldn't say I, I. I should say Ben Simmons' play down the stretch at the end of the season seemed to sway both you and Luke. Um, but, man, Donovan Mitchell, like, he is really, really good. Um, it, I, I just can't say enough about the guy. He didn't even shoot the ball particularly well in game two. Um, but he made plays. He had 11 assists. He had 11 assists. And you know what? That's what they need more right now is him, because he is such a threat to score, and they don't have Rubio at their disposal right now, they really kind of need him to be the 
pick his spots where to, you know where where he's going to get his shots, the big ones that matter the most, and then get other people involved um, because that's they don't they don't have their guy who does that, and so he's essentially showing that he is not just a scorer right now. He's like, yeah, I've I've been scoring this season because that's what the teams needed me to do. Now that they need me to do something different, I'm doing that now too. I, you know, I just had a double double at 11 assists. Um, and he's, you know, I had solid five rebounds, uh, only three turnovers too, three turnovers for a rookie. And, you know, the, the, the semi conference semis is, is remarkable. He is just so impressive. It, it it's it's crazy to me how how good he is. Uh, and then also shout out to Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles just went off in this game. Joe Ingles is like the real reason That's they won this sleeper. game. I just had to give Donovan Mitchell yeah. some praise uh, because his play has just been so impressive. Um, but Joe Ingles was shot <laughs> shot ten of thirteen from the field, seven of nine from three, at twenty seven points. Um, he just couldn't miss. And he was getting open shots, and it was like, even and, and even when he, he did have a hand in his face, it was like he was dropping them. Uh, but he got a lot of open shots in this game. Uh, Crowder also played very well again. Uh, Dante Exum gave him very valuable minutes. Alec Burks had 17 points off the bench. He was really, you know, really hot. Uh, seven of 11 from the field. Um, and Derek Favors, nothing crazy impressive, but five of seven, like very efficient in his scoring. Um, and, you know, same thing with Gobert, efficient in his scoring, uh, shot a little better than 50% from the free throw line, which is, you know, that's what you would uh, you get from Rudy Gobert, that he makes at least half of them, uh, and 14 boards, you know, uh, plus three blocks. So, like, the Jazz are just, they're just such a good team. Like, to me... I think it's interesting that, you know, I I saw something in Indiana and Joel saw something in this Jazz team because they remind me so much of each other as far as they have the right pieces, uh, even though they don't have the most talent, they have the right pieces to make things interesting. Um, and that was what I really took away from this game uh, is the, the Rockets will win this series, but the Jazz are probably going to make it more interesting than probably most people thought, more real thoughts. Um, I'm going to start by saying no. Uh, Rockets will not win this series. Ooh, uh, I told take, you my biggest, issue, my biggest issue with Houston was when it counted, when it counted, James Harden and Chris Paul respect, respectively, um, and I will pardon Chris Paul, uh, a few of those playoff series he was injured, so I'm not going to hold an injury uh, against them at all, but they just find ways to lose. And it's team game. It's a team game. Coaching evolved also, so I'm not putting all the onus on them. But I saw James Harden last year. I believe it was last year. Lose to uh, the Spurs. It was the Spurs, right? They lost to the Spurs last year, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just completely flamed out. And when you look at the last game, he didn't flame out, but he just played great. Um, The team itself didn't play uh, all that great. Excuse me, but right now it just seems like they don't have an answer for Mitchell. Uh, and Angles, like you said, uh, he needs more praise than what he's getting. Uh, he played very well against OKC, and he's playing uh, really well um, in this current series. 
I am not putting my money on Mike D'Antoni and James Harden. I'm sorry. I just I, – I don't feel comfortable. I, I used to bet on D'Antoni back when he coached my favorite player, Steve Nash. Then I put money on him again when he was coaching my other favorite player, Carmelo. I just I, – he always finds a way to let me down in his coaching. Um, so I'm going to go with the Jazz, man. They're hot, and I know you're not going to like this comparison, Nick, but I feel like the Jazz can do exactly what AI did um, when he led Matumbo and those guys. I feel like uh, Donovan Mitchell can do the same thing. Now, playing the Warriors is going to, if they get past the Rockets, it's going to be a whole nother ball game, and they may even get swept in that. But I feel like Donovan Mitchell uh, is so special. And, again, I hate you and Ben Simmons for making me go against them. All, <laughs> not all year, but I had been consistent for a while. Um, I had started the year with Lonzo. I had then went to Tatum, and then I had landed on Mitchell, and I had stuck with Mitchell. I had planned on ending the year saying, this is my rookie of the year. And then Ben yeah. Simmons is like, watch this, hold my beer. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> Ben is playing out of his mind. Um, and I'll be honest, I did not expect Utah heading into the playoffs to to beat OKC. I didn't. I, I won't sit here yeah. and lie. I didn't. I didn't, yeah. Um so after seeing that, I think Joel was probably the only one again. <laughs> probably because he was super high he's right on Utah, uh, all year. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. um, and he's right. They are fun to watch. They are just yeah, so much fun are. to watch. I know the start of the year. Guy. Yes, he is. I know the start of the year. I just had no interest. I didn't know anything about Donovan Mitchell. Um, I thought losing Gordon Hayward would be uh, a big hit for them, um, and no. Donovan Mitchell said, no, I have arrived, and you will pay attention to us. And they've been so much fun to watch, and he's so electric. So I'm going to go on the record now. Um, Utah will win this series in seven. They will win this series. Um, and Donovan Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> I don't know if the voting has already happened, but if it hasn't, yeah. I know a lot of the voters are like, oh, man. When did the voting yeah. happen? During the first uh, round? I think- yeah, like I think it happened like uh, like the deadline was maybe four or five days ago, so before the second round started. Oh, man. I tell you what, then, Nick, if that's the case, if that's the case, you may, they may give it to Donovan Mitchell and LeBron James, uh, respectively, for their, their categories. They may, man. I don't think so. They, cause I don't think if, so. If I'm a voter. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, it – that's like the deadline for for when you have to get your vote in. Most people get their votes in like way before the deadline. Um, And I don't, I'm not sure how it works, but I don't think once you cast your vote, you can be like, actually, I want to change that. I don't think you can do that. Right. Um, No, I I completely agree with you. So, I mean, I think it depends. I was just saying, I think. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think maybe they, um, they not necessarily waited to vote, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was, like Joel was saying, it, it's super close. And I think a lot of them might have waited till, uh, you know, obviously not the last second, but as long as they could. Um, and if they did, those first few games of Donovan Mitchell, you look at that and you kind of go, man, what they had to do against OKC is a lot harder, I'd say, than what Philly had to do against Miami. Uh, and then you just kind of look at the degree of difficulty Donovan Mitchell and this Utah Jazz 
had to face all season. Uh, and then for them to make the playoffs and then to get out of the first round, I don't know. All I'm saying is I I hate Joel sitting on the fence also, but it, it, it looks like, and again, it's pretty much impossible for that to happen again, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did, man. I would not be shocked if it did. Oh, I, I, and I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us would have a problem with it. Like, I mean, we just were going to, you know, the the other three of us were just like, well, if I had to pick, but I think we would all be in favor of it because here, this is what I said the other day to my brother. um, Because we, you know, we've been talking back and forth throughout the playoffs. Um, I, I really feel like, you know, and I'm not I'm not talking about their their ceilings. I'm not saying they are going to be this good, but I feel like I mean you said it a couple of weeks ago that you know you you basically thought Ben Simmons has the potential. You didn't say what, but you said he has the potential to be kind of the next Magic Johnson um, type player. Uh, he's certainly got the build for it. He's got the passing. He's got he's got work to do. But you know, even even though we kind of just crucified him earlier in the show. We also have to recognize, you know, how young he is and that it's just one game. Um, but nevertheless, like, my point being is you, you usually get, like, player like, uh, you know, Magic Johnson, and then, what, like three or four years later we got um, uh, Michael Jordan. And then it was, you know, essentially – and, and and no no, no I should preface it with this. No, I'm not dissing Larry Bird. I like I love Larry Bird, um, but I'm just focusing. I'm focusing on the type of players that I see in in Donovan Mitchell and and um, and Ben Simmons. Uh, but it took like how many years later before we got another player that was like Magic Johnson and, until we got LeBron James? Uh, I mean that was. Yeah, like 20, 23 years, 23 years before we got another player that was like him. Uh, with MJ, it was, I want to say, 12 uh, between he and Kobe. We're, we're yeah. seeing, I think we're seeing, like, the next in those lines already, and, and they're coming in at the same time. Uh, like, I think Donovan Mitchell has what it takes to be the next, like, essentially Kobe or um, Michael. Like, I think he's got the utilities uh, to be that good. I don't quite put Dwayne Wade in that category, and not because Dwayne Wade wasn't just as good. Well, I won't say just as good as Jordan, but um, he had a potential to have a career just as good as as, uh, Jordan and Kobe, uh, but he just couldn't ever stay healthy. Uh, So that's, you know, that's kind of the knock on him, and that's not really his fault, but, you know, it's still kind of, goes against you. Um, you know, whereas whereas Michael had the one injury early on in his career and then never really got hurt again and Kobe, you know, had the Achilles injury really late in his career, but for most of his career was really healthy. If Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons stay really healthy, we could see the next in that line. We could be seeing essentially, you know, the next six ten guy who's just a Swiss Army knife, he can drive to the basket, he can score, he can pass the ball, he's got height, he's got vision, he's got all of that, all those intangibles that Magic Johnson and LeBron James came into the league with. And then we could be seeing the next in the line of just elite scoring shooting guards 
uh, and Donovan Mitchell, and it's just crazy that they both came in the same season. You know, like it, it, it's it, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure to watch, and it's been a fun debate uh, throughout the course of of the season because. Like like you said, no one knew how good Donovan Mitchell was. Like, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be great. <laughs> and he's been great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I have my fingers crossed for a tie, but I, I, I still think Tim Simmons is going to be the guy who wins it. Um, and I think that, that you know, that just his play down the stretch um, ended up being a deciding factor. Um, but anything you want to add before we move on to the final game uh, that we'll discuss tonight? Um, no, I just want to stress it again because uh, I know a lot of people are probably listening like, oh, Juwan was probably just in the, the heat of the moment. Nope, I just want to utter it again. Utah will beat Houston in seven games to go on to the Western Conference Finals. I, I, I like your confidence. I, um, I, I'm not there. Uh, I, I still think Houston is really good. But I understand where you're coming from because it's the same reason that I never really wavered in saying, even though in the back of my head I was like, maybe this will be the year Indiana beats LeBron. Maybe they'll do it, you know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start the season. I didn't start the season thinking that. At no point did I really think that. It was just this kind of lingering notion in the back of my head, like, shit, well, maybe it will happen. Like, And then, you know, every time LeBron – would just be like, nope, like we're gonna win this one tight, and you know, blah blah blah. And I was just like, man, that's 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 just the way it goes. Like they they just they'll never be able to beat LeBron. And so when that was the same thing going into this Raptors series, I was just like, nah, Cavs in six. I mean, I think they'll get a couple, but you gotta prove to me you can beat LeBron before I'm gonna like say you're gonna beat LeBron. You know, like, um, and so I feel you like that. I mean, that would be that would be such a a rocket thing to do, uh, you know, to, to lose in the semifinals and then, you know, Chris Paul has again on the outside looking in at the Western Conference Finals. So I don't think it's going to happen, um, but I, I, I get your logic for sure. And, you know, the Jazz are a really good team. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, we, we can kind of talk a little bit about uh, game uh, two, rather, uh, between the Pels and the Warriors. And um, as we as we kind of get through that, we can wrap up. It looks like New Orleans is going to win this one up by 20 right now with about 10 minutes left in the game, make that 22. And, you know, they, they've looked in command of this game uh, throughout it. Uh, but I, on Monday, I was, I, I had to go on a rant with Joel because I was just so distraught after watching uh, the second quarter, really of game one when the Warriors, without Steph Curry, were just like, man, we're going to take this game over. Um, And they did. And I was just like, I just had this, and maybe it was just an overreaction. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, But I was just like, man, they're probably going to fucking sweep them. And, like, they're going to, you know, beat Houston in, like, five. And then they're going to just destroy whoever comes out of the East. I'm so mad. Like I've 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 just I, I've just been like con- trying to convince myself all season that you know the rest of the league has gotten better and and good enough to where somebody can give them a challenge. And I and after watching that game one, I was just like, man, no one, no one, no one can beat this team. Uh, 
after watching game two, I was like, I, I, I was very much like, okay, like that was just one game because game two, yes, the Pelicans lost, but I think you're seeing with this game three um, that that game gave them a lot of confidence and they essentially were like, yeah, we're like, we can, we can beat these guys. Um, I don't think they will, but it's, it's, it's giving me hope that somebody can um, at some point throughout this, uh, throughout these uh, playoffs. And that's something that, that game one just had me destroyed about. Uh, but in any event, uh, Miritich finally shot the ball reasonably well. Anthony Davis is always, I mean, he, he plays well uh, every game. He only had 25 points, but he was efficient in scoring. Uh, he had 15 boards, had five assists. Uh, Rondo had 12 assists. Uh, Holiday, um, you know, definitely turned it around. Like, most of their guys played really well in this game. They kept it close. Um, you know, they only ended up losing by five. It was, as I recall, it was like the, the – they only lost by five, but the lead was like a little bit more um, than that final score indicates going down the stretch of the game. Um, but they were in it. Like, they, you know, were – in it throughout the whole game, never really let Golden State go on any kind of huge run. And it was just a competitive basketball game. And I was like, man, all right, cool. This is fun to watch. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I had a really good time with it. Um, and I, I feel like that game gave me hope for two reasons. One, that the Pelicans can at least make this a competitive series, which we're seeing tonight. And two, that Golden State – was just hot in that particular game one for a quarter, which happens. They can do that. Um, but maybe maybe they're not going to do that over and over again. Uh, and one more thing before I pass it to you. I didn't think Steph Curry was going to play game two. So I want to shout out to Steve Kerr. Um, I, I really expected them to say, well, we won game one. You know, we we've proved you know handedly we've proven that we can beat this team without Steph. Like maybe let's just rest him one more game to make sure you know he's he's a hundred percent. And instead, they were you know essentially Kerr was like, no, let's you know let's let's bring him off the bench. Like let's let's play him relatively limited minutes. He only played twenty seven minutes. Um, but I don't think they win that game without Steph Curry. I mean Steph Curry had 28 points, he was 5 of 10 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line. Uh, he had 7 boards, 2 assists, 3 steals. Uh, he had 6 turnovers, so he's a little rusty. But all in all, I don't think I, – I, I, it, it, it's hard to make that prediction because maybe if, if Steph's not playing, you know, that allows Clay Thompson, who was, who just was shooting the ball very poorly in Game 2, uh, and I think he shot the ball pretty poorly tonight as well. Um, maybe he gets into a better rhythm, but he had 20 shots. It's like you're not going to get much more than 20 shots. Uh, and I, so, yeah, I, I I really don't think that the Warriors win that game without him. And I think probably he more than likely took a cue out of what happened with the Sixers and the Heat when the Sixers were like, Maybe we should just rest you up. We got game one. Like, let's just rest and beat another game. And then Miami came in and stole game two. And I think Kerr was like, nah, like, it, it, he's good to go. Let's go ahead and play him. We'll pull him off the bench. Like, 
and won't play him huge minutes, but, you know, like, I feel, I feel like Kerr had a feeling that they were going to need him in that game, too, uh, with a with a, a team that had just gotten embarrassed and wanted to come out and, and you know, prove a point. Um, so, yeah, big props to Steve Kerr for, for you know, essentially making what I think was the right decision and, and playing Steph Curry, who I think won them the game. But your thoughts? Well, hindsight, yeah, that was a good idea. But uh, I was definitely uh, of the mindset, and I know I haven't been on to, to say it, but I was of the mindset I didn't want them uh, to play Steph. Did, don't, I mean, play I was Steph until it, don't play Steph until like it felt like you had to put him in or the series was at risk. Um, and I get what you're saying uh, about how they might not have won the, uh, the the game the other night uh, without him. But, again, that, that's hindsight, uh, you know, because the game's already happened. But I'm talking before the series. I was just like, if Golden State can't beat the Pelicans with a healthy Durant, healthy Clay, and a healthy Draymond, then it's just like they have bigger issues to worry about. Uh, they should be able to handle this series. You know, I'm not saying necessarily sweep them, but they should be able to win the series. Um, so him bringing him back, you know, obviously now it looks great. Uh, the team's at like 100% fully. They're, they're ready to go. Uh, the game that they lost tonight is one of those to where it's like Warriors usually always do this. So to me, it's not – I can't get excited for the Pelicans because I feel like the Warriors usually in series where like teams have like a crazy loss, they just – they're not going to come back, and, and especially on their home court, and get blown out again. Um, but I, by no means do I think Anthony Davis can take this series interesting. Uh, and I'm with you. I did want the year to start because, uh, remember, our pick was OKC to represent the West. So I'm with you. Yeah. I was hoping that uh, at least the West would be more um, competitive. But Boy, were we here we are. On that one, by the way. <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we were. Not but only I think, were we wrong I think on both OKC, of us kind of – I think both of us kind of wised up once Robertson went out and we saw a healthy sample size without Robertson and we were like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. Like we, we, we didn't die yeah. on that hill is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, we did not. We, we, um, we not evacuated only, the hell out of it. <laughs> absolutely. Not only did it not work out for OKC, to me, and I know it's going to kind of sound like I'm riding the fence here, as much as I do love Donovan Mitchell – um, to me, the West didn't get more competitive because I still don't see any team in the Western Conference in the playoffs right now that I honestly think could beat Golden State in seven games. If you think it's past, if they get, I mean, it's going to take. I still. Go it's going to take everything they have, um, but that's to me that that is the one team that could beat Golden State. I don't think there's I, another team. I think if Boston was healthy, they could beat Golden State. And the biggest reason is they're so good defensively. Um, and even though so Golden good. State, yeah, and even though Golden State is like a unique offensive team, um, you know, it's like I, I, I said uh, earlier this week um, as it pertained to, to this series uh, between the Pelicans and the Warriors. Like, you know, the Pelicans were able to shut down the Blazers because the Blazers don't move the ball like Golden State. You know, there's a lot of one-on-one defense on either C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillard, and, like, you've got two guys, two guys in the backcourt and Rondo and Holiday who are just good at at man-up defense. Um, But when you're having to, like, do all these switches, it's just harder. It just takes 
I'm not saying they don't have the personnel to do it. You're seeing them do it tonight, but it, it, it is harder. But Boston is is the team that can guard them, and we've seen it in the past because of Brad Stevens. Um, and you know, if they had if they, if they were 100% healthy, I would uh, I would say they could beat them. But they're not 100% healthy, and like as good as Terry Rozier is, as good as their young guys are, like I just don't I don't see them being a team like Golden State, like, you know, they, they it took them seven to get past Milwaukee. They're up in this series, but we'll see how it plays out. And even if they win this series, it's a really young team. Um, I will say this. I think if Boston wins the series, I think whoever wins this series is coming out of the East. I don't think LeBron's going to beat Boston, and I don't think he's going to beat Philly. I just think well, he's going to be in, – in, he did beat Indy, and I just, I just thought he was going to beat the Raptors because they're the fucking Raptors, you know. I'm going to say this. If Boston wins as much, and again, as much as you know I love Boston, there's no way in the course of seven games LeBron loses to Boston. No way. And if Philly wins, huh. I'm still giving I'm still giving LeBron the edge in seven games. I think LeBron would have to go seven against each team, but there's no way. Uh, there, there's no way seeing how Philly is struggling uh, early in this series against uh, a Boston team again greatly coached, so let me add that, but a Boston team without Hayward and without Kyrie, and you're down But you know what's interesting about that? Like, the interesting thing about them being without Hayward and without Kyrie is they're actually better defensively. Um, Like, especially when it comes, when it comes to, like, Rozier and, and, um, and Kyrie, like, Terry is, is, is a really, really good defender. And Kyrie has, has been better this season because of the system, but he's not. He's still not, you know, a clutch defender, whereas I think Terry is. Um, and I don't think you're missing much of a beat between Tatum and um, and Hayward. Hayward is a really smart defender um, and, you know, uh, knows where to be. And, and, and he's, he's very much like Al Horford in the fact that, you know, Al Horford is as is, is good as he is defensively because he knows where to be at what time. Um, but you're, like, when you have Tatum out there, he's just more athletic. So I think they're actually a better defensive team without those two. You know, the problem ultimately is they're, a, you know, a much streakier offensive team, whereas if you had those two guys, you would be a solid, like, still top two or three defensive team and just an elite offensive team with those two guys out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do take your point. Like, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see two things. One, if LeBron can, can essentially maintain, you know, playing 40 minutes a game and putting up 40 points in those 40 minutes for – you know, essentially three straight series. Uh, and furthermore, if, like, if his guy stepping up in this series is because they've figured something out and they're actually playing better, or if it's actually because um, essentially Indiana's got better defenders. Maybe they're not as good as, in team defenses as Toronto, but they have better individual defenders uh, and so does Boston, and so does Philly. 
Yeah, like I said, it'll it'll be interesting, but Boston is great as I think they are and as great coach as I think they are. They just have nothing to answer for LeBron James. Like nothing. Nothing. They they play great team defense and I'm pretty sure that they could maybe figure out different schemes and stuff to kind of make LeBron uncomfortable. But it's just one of those things where it's like I feel like if LeBron digs down deep, he could give you 40. And it's just like anytime you have a guy that can dig deep and get you 40, it's hard to bet against that guy. Especially if yeah. you're talking game seven where uh, the finals are on the line, you know, whether or not mm-hmm. he gets to go. Those are games where I feel like LeBron, uh, since he's left Cleveland the first time, just shines in those games. He just does. And to me, that's where my money's going to go. Yeah. No, I mean, I hear you. I, I mean, I do. Um, it's 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 always a wise bet when you're betting on LeBron in the Eastern, Eastern Conference. So that's <laughs> that's undeniable. Um, let's uh, – I, I haven't really watched much of this game because uh, obviously we've been talking and, you know, breaking down so much stuff. Um, but at this point, it certainly looks like New Orleans uh, has this one wrapped up. Um, do you think they come out and win game four? Uh, cause, you know, because it's also at home and make this series interesting? Uh, or do you think this is still going to be like a maybe a 4-1 or, or at best 4-2 series? I tell you what, um, it, they could win this next game, but what Rondo needs to do is keep picking at Draymond. Because if yeah. you can get Draymond to get a technical and then get another one, we've seen what that can do to a series, uh, mm-hmm. being without Draymond. Now, of course, it's drastically yeah. different because now they have Durant. Um, but, yeah, I, I, they got into it a little bit tonight. And, honestly, I feel like uh, Rondo could get in Draymond's head enough to get him, to get him suspended again. Um, so who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and it's a shame that I think that that's one of their biggest assets is trying to get uh, Trayvon suspended. Um, but whatever it is. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I think they have the potential to win this next game, uh, go off of this momentum, go off of this, uh, this hype that they're building for themselves. It's just really difficult to see Golden State lose back-to-back in the playoffs. I don't remember the last yeah. time I saw it. Um, so th- that's what I'm, I'm going against is the idea of I haven't seen them lose back-to-back in the playoffs uh, in a while. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't remember the last time. Yeah, I don't either, man. I feel like, I mean, I feel like it was probably when they blew the 3-1 lead. Like, I feel like that has to be. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it, when they blew the 3-1 lead. Yeah. Because they only lost one game in, in the, the all, all their playoff games last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a while and, and you're certainly not, you're dealing with a, with a, a different, like you said, a different team as Kevin Durant and, um, and you're not, your opponent is not, you know, isn't that Cavs team. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, cause I certainly, I feel like, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty demonstrative effort. Uh, out of New Orleans uh, in this in this you know kind of must win environment, it'll be interesting to see if Golden State kind of counters in Game Four with you know treating it like a must win game, or if um, 
you know, or if, or if maybe New Orleans even kind of gets a little complacent or lulls at times because, you know, they they finally got a game. Um, so, like, all of those different things are going to probably come into play. Um, but, you know, I essentially said that I thought the Pelicans had about a 15% chance to win this series if Steph Curry wasn't in it. Uh, well, Steph Curry is in it. Um, so I don't really give them any chance to win it, but I do think they could they could steal one more of these home games. Um, and you know that obviously uh, that would have to be game four because if if they lose game four, I think it's done in five. Uh, so yeah, I mean it'll it'll be interesting um, for sure. I I I I'll say this: I think they get one more game in this series. Maybe it's even game five. Um, you know, on the road, I think, I think it'll be game four and then, you know, Golden State will come in in game six and just be like, all right, let's, let's not mess around. Like let's, let's just, let's win it in six so we don't have to go home to play a game seven and we can get focused for the, the, the Western conference finals. Um, But I I do think, I do think New Orleans will get another game out of this series after seeing, you know, just, just how, how defiant they were in game two and, and kept it close. And then, you know, with this kind of blowout in game three, it, it gives me enough confidence to say they'll win one more. Um, before we go, oh, we got a game coming up after this. Uh, I feel like I know who you're going to pick. <laughs> Spoiler from earlier. It's <laughs> um, all has tied up this series 1-1. They got, uh, you know, they're, they're going back home. Uh, to host Houston for Game Three, uh, who are you taking to win Game Three? Um, believe it or not, because I did say before that uh, Utah would win it in seven. Um, yeah. By no means that I think they were going to like close it out over the course of the next uh, three or four games. I'm actually going. Is it in Houston or in Utah? No, it's in Utah. Oh, then never mind. I thought it was – I forgot Houston uh, opened up the series. I'm, I'm seeing – I'm just seeing mirrors of that OKC conversation that we had. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, no, this going, is literally the so, same scenario. Literally the exact is. same scenario uh, with which we were going into game three. They were going to Utah. The series was tied 1-1. Uh, OKC had won game one just like Houston and, and – uh, Utah had stolen Game Two, uh, so yeah, so you're you're they're gonna get Game Three then. Yeah, I'm going Utah. Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stick with my guns, uh, even though it didn't work out for me last time. <laughs> I'm gonna say that Houston wins Game Three. Um, I I am kind of leaning that that these games might be a split as well. Um, so, you know, they'll win game three and maybe lose game four or lose game three and then win game four. Um, I think when it goes back to Utah, it'll probably be 2-2. But I'm going to go ahead and take Utah to uh, – or, I'm sorry, when it goes back to Houston, it'll probably be 2-2. But I'm going to go ahead and take Houston tonight. Um, I, I feel like I, – I feel like you – when you're when you're in the midst of a game and, you know, somebody's just hot like Joe Ingles was the other night um, – like you, you, you find you, you just find ways to get him shots, and I don't think they allow him to get hot tonight. I think they probably stick um, one of their better defenders, whether it's PJ Tucker or Bonamute, um on him, 
and they, you know, essentially say, all right, Rook, like you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to beat us by yourself tonight. Um, and, you know, not that he can't do it. Donovan Mitchell is that man. He can do it even as a rookie. Um, but I, I don't think, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, you still got like a Chris Paul on him who's even at his age, still, uh, a plus defender. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll pull it out tonight. Um, I expect the supporting cast to play a little bit better. Um, I think it was game three. It might have been game four, but I think it was game three. Um, no, I think it was game four, actually. I think it was game four when they went off for 50 points in the third quarter against um, against Minnesota. I could see something like this happening in that game where everybody just gets hot. Like It feels like they're kind of due for it. Um, granted, Utah is a much better defense. Not that Minnesota is not okay defensively, but Utah is much better than they are. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Houston. I think, I think that, you know, their stars, I think at least one of them steps up tonight and, you know, their role players string together enough, enough good play out of them and, and solid points to, uh, to, you know, take, take home court advantage back, um, if you will. Um, but that's going to wrap mm-hmm. us up uh, for tonight. Um, anything you want to add before we get out of here and enjoy this uh, Rockets game? Uh, just only one thing is tomorrow top 10 is back and we will be debating nice. top 10 best moments of infinity war. Ooh, man. All right. I'm going to, let me throw out a couple. Um, cause I, I won't make the show tomorrow night, but maybe, maybe I can inspire you to use a couple of these. Uh, I definitely, I love the, uh, I love like just each. Does it have to be a particular moment or scene, or can it be like a relationship or what? Uh, well, I'm gonna open it up, so it's whatever you want. But I, I think because uh, Leo is the head of that now. Uh, shout out gotcha. to Leo. I think he was sticking to scenes, like scenes and actual okay. like moments. Particular moments, okay? Because I was gonna say like just in general, like like some of the relationships are what made the movie, whether it be. Stark and Spider-Man, uh, like their their relationship throughout that movie was great. Um, like I loved, uh, I loved you know Peter basically being like, dude, no, I'm not, I'm not going home. Like what, what you know what? Why does it make sense for me to go home if, if you know the end of the world might be happening and I want a home to go to? You know, um, right. So like that was a great moment. Um, you know him him with the the pop culture reference again. That was great. Um, I definitely think uh, that uh, Thor um, and he had a lot of great moments with uh, with Rocket the Rabbit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I definitely think I think you can pick almost like whichever one is your favorite out of out of their you know time together. Um, and then you know of course there's uh, some more spoiler stuff, and I'll refrain from from uh, getting into that because maybe some of our audience for this particular show hasn't seen it yet. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything for anybody out there, but, uh, but for those of our audience who have seen it, be sure to join, uh, join the uh, Leo and Juwan tomorrow night. What time is it? Juwan? Nine? Eight, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. That's right. Yep. Eight o'clock for, Oh, you say, you say no. No, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. 
So, yeah, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, top 10. Uh, and as always, we'll have Geek Vibes live uh, this Sunday at 5. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I got some interesting thoughts on the Ant-Man uh, and the Watch trailer. Uh, you know how much I love Ant-Man. I wasn't really overly enthused by this trailer, though. So um, I, I, I'll be interested to see uh, what y'all's perspective is on that. Um, and then uh, also, uh, we will be back Monday. Uh, I think we'll probably be nine, but we're just in constant flux with the playoffs right now. So we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to be as consistent as possible, but we're also trying to be able to watch as many playoff games as possible. So just bear with us. Right. Uh, but anyway, Juwan, thanks, man, as always, uh, for joining me, and uh, we will see y'all uh, for this particular show uh, next Monday at some point in time, probably nine o'clock. <laughs> hey man, I'm just keeping it real. I'm not going to tell people it's going to be nine and then it's not going to be nine. We change it to seven. And then all of a sudden it's like, nah, dude, it's gotta be seven thirty Cause I'm, I'm just now getting off work. Like, you know, so I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it real. Um, absolutely. Maybe, maybe this is a case of when keeping it real goes wrong. I don't know. Um, that would be a off. fun case. Uh, shout out to Dave Chappelle. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll see you all Monday at some point and enjoy your weekend and hopefully join us tomorrow night for top 10 and Sunday for geek vibes live. Uh, until then, peace. Peace.